Tests don't guess, we all know that. We want you to test better. Vald Dynamo is a dynamometer specifically designed for MSK Healthcare. It isn't a repurposed crane gauge or an inaccurate grip measure. Push, pull, grip and more. Plus, if that wasn't enough, its app for recording and storing the data is brilliant. Valdhealth.com forward slash dynamo for the only measurement device you will need in clinic. Hello, everybody. Jim here from the Physio Matters team, and I'm joined by the wonderful Ian Gatt this evening, which I'm really excited about. Ian, I wanted to ask you, what's one thing that all rehab professionals could do better to improve their therapies? Objectivity. Objectivity. Oh, oh, that's a really good answer. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, I think um, I'm quite surprised, really, in a way, because I remember... (laughs) Many, many years ago, when I uh, was doing my undergraduates, you know, we, we learned how to measure things, you know, range of motion, strength. And for some reason, it's a hit and miss. Some mm. people do it better. Others don't do it at all. Um, I think people are improving because there's more awareness these days. But definitely when I almost embarked on like a, like a personal campaign to get people a bit better, particularly on the upper limb. Um, A lot of people don't have a clue how to Mm. measure properly range of motion, um, strength. And when I say strength, I think one thing that I probably want to clarify, because one thing I want to talk about, is probably the difference between measuring strength and measuring function. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely true. And obviously in your... um, role you're you're a lot of your roles you're working with people that are pretty strong so i'm guessing that you know the old manual muscle test is probably not they could probably lift you off the ground can't they yeah i mean for me manual manual testing is a quality test mm-hmm. i don't think it doesn't have value i think it has value but i think putting value a numerical value to manual testing that's a bad thing to do and I don't think it's just for sports. I think when I've seen private uh, people, non-sporting people um, with chronic complex cases, again, there's a difference between doing a manual quality test and an instrument-assisted mm. quantity test. Yeah. And so take take us through a little bit on the next step then. So obviously we've, if if we're getting good versus poor data, on objectivity what what's the downstream effect of that well i mean there's two things first of all if you're not using it you Mm. are guessing (laughs) and i think we've seen it also on social media some people will post it and i I do agree with that because i've been saying it for a while so give you an example somebody comes in with um a hand issue a chronic issue or an acute issue maybe it happened today and for some reason, um, they've got pain or they have the absence of pain. But somebody says you're weak and you ask them, for example, okay, you've been told you're weak. Do you feel it's weak? If it's weak, how much do you think it's weak? And they might give you a number, 60, 70, 80. When you test them, one of the things I find a lot, it doesn't match what they think. Usually, actually, it's better. So straight away, by using a functional test, I want to call it, because you could be 
measuring what you think is strength, but a lot of times it's not strength, particularly in the acute phases when there is pain, it's pain inhibition. But you're looking at the difference of what should be a normative value. I, on one side, you can squeeze 50 kilograms, for example, of force. Mm. On the other side, they can squeeze 25 kilograms. Well, there's a 50% difference. So that's going to help me in already starting to formulate, is there something not quite well going on there from a diagnostic point of view? So my differential diagnosis have been playing at the back of my head. But from a prognostic point of view, what am I going to do next? Yeah. No, that's really. I'm. Re- I'm. I don't. I don't know why I'm slightly surprised by your answer, but I'm in, in a really enjoyable way. I think that's such a good. It's such a good answer. Um, and tell me a little bit. So obviously, we. The reason that we're doing the podcast this evening is is you, uh, very kindly agreed to speak for us at Therapy Live, um, about tips on improving, um, rehab in MSK. Tell me a bit about um, and the listeners, if they don't know you that much, um, why is that, you know, what what interests you on speaking on that topic and um, how have you gotten to to sort of be the guy we've been interested in for that? Yes, I think, I mean, I've been privileged because I've been working in sports pretty much all of my career and the last 16 years have been full time in sports. So you can imagine um, the coaches want the athletes to be ready yesterday. Yeah. Um, and when there is that pressure on you, you're always trying to think about the cutting edge. What can you do better? What can you do better? And I think there are two things which I've learned to do better is how to manage the athlete. And when I say that is because I see comments about, you know, um, how do you treat an athlete? How do you rehab an athlete? I say, look, I put everything under one package. Mm. The package is how do you manage the injury? How do you manage the ailment from the beginning till the end? So for me, certain things, which obviously I want to discuss better um, with hopefully the audience that attends on the 24th of June, is those essential rehab tweaks. Now, for me, rehab is the umbrella term. But Mm. what I mean by that is probably how can we plan better? How can we assess better? And when I say assess, it's a monitoring tool to give us confidence as we go along. And then, yes, with certain exercises, are there things we can tweak better? Not saying one exercise is better than another, but if we're considering certain areas, particular areas where people have scratched their head, like the wrist, for example, are there little jams, little nuggets that we can think that I have found over the years, and that's why people usually uh, pick up the phone and ask me the questions uh, around the difficult cases. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, there's an assumption, I think, around, especially elite sport, around you know, the phrase marginal gains uh, is obviously one that's sort of thrown around, isn't there? And I think what's really nice for me to hear is you saying, you know, assess better, manage better, not you need to learn this fringe type of, you know, I say intervention, this whole new intervention that's, you know, going to add this 0.1% or something of improvement. Do you see people in elite sport and outside in regular MSK, do you see people chasing those types of interventions versus trying to improve, you know, for want of a better phrase, their fundamentals? I think some people have lost the concept of probably what we are as therapists. 
And I don't know, maybe it's the way they were guided, or maybe I know there's lots of confusion these days on social media. And they almost go and grab on one particularly um, special thing. So, you know, some people are more on the manual therapy. Some people are more on the exercise therapy. Some people want an electrotherapy machine. Uh, and the latest one that comes out with the gadgets is the best thing. And you see that also in sports because you get all these people knocking on our door trying to sell us uh, the latest gadgets with all the bells and whistles. But the reality for me is, so people know me, I sit very much in the middle. I have learned everything under the sun, whether it's manual therapy, acupuncture, shockwave, laser, exercise therapy, how to rehab, how to communicate. And for me, it's understanding what you need more or less depends on the context. Mm. And having, for me, a bigger toolbox, in my understanding, is better. Now, I'm not telling people go there and start learning everything under the sun. That's the way I have gone. And if anything, I can tell people I probably, not probably, I use much, much less hands-on than I used to do back in the days because I use better communication, better planning, better rehab. And, you know, a lot of the studies I have done have probably refined things. But it's understanding that your approach has to have an element of, and I've actually posted it today. I use a very simple formula, which is, again, I'll talk about this um, when we do the, the conference on the 24th of June, is I always think about prognosis, which is, do I know enough information to be able to help the person understand their journey? And the equation for me goes prognosis equals diagnosis plus function. Mm. Now, for some cases, diagnosis is very simple. You know, you had an acute tear, you've torn something, you know the diagnosis is. So you've got a high diagnosis, helps your prognosis. Other cases, we don't have a clue. But just because we don't have a clue doesn't mean that you don't have your differential diagnosis whirling around your head. Because I see it goes wrong when people just infer, you know what, I'll just do something, I'll load and whatever and see how it goes. And then, you know, somewhere down the line, they find out that actually there was something not quite right. They end up getting an operation and, you know, everything gets better after all that time doing rehab. So I think it's understanding that, yes, you can load and you can do lots of things and can help people. But if you're not thinking about what's happening under the bonnet, then I say it a lot. We're a bit like cowboys, really, because we're just giving a few exercises. See how it goes. Happy go lucky. Mm. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense to me for sure. And certainly, um, you know, my specialty of rheumatology, I'm always trying to push for specific diagnoses in, in that context. Um, and what would you say? I, th I feel like there's sort of newer graduates and um, maybe even students might be listening who are thinking, oh, goodness, I mean, I haven't seen enough patients to be able to develop that understanding yet. What would you say, you know, what is your advice in that situation? You know, how can they uh, be a bit better or how can they progress to get to, you know, I'm not suggesting that we're going to make a whole team of Ian Gats. That seems a little bit potentially impossible, but how could they get a bit more to where you're suggesting might be a good approach? I think for me, so if I take those two areas I've talked about, diagnosis and function, diagnosis for me, the most important thing is don't miss anything 
which is a red flag. Mm. And I'm sure you relate because you work in an area where you don't be missing red flags. So, you know, you don't miss a large tear of the biceps at an elbow because if you keep them too long doing rehab, especially if they're an athlete and they're a young athlete, you'll find that you've impaired their performance for the rest of their career. Mm. You know, you don't want to miss something sinister uh, like an entrapped nerve at the shoulder, you know, thinking that, oh, yeah, it's just a shoulder injury and you've missed something neurological. So for me, the first thing is rather than get too confused about the many differential diagnoses, because I appreciate it takes time to build, but read about those, know about those of the areas you're looking into. But the main thing is, don't miss the baddies because if you don't miss the baddies at least when you are doing your rehab you're not going to do any harm mm. that's the first thing it's like the first rule is it don't do any harm so at least we're all agreed there then the second thing is learn how to test simple function simple function for me is can you measure range of motion at different joints effectively if you need it because not always you need it, but after an operation, after dislocations, um, after you know chronic conditions, it's very useful, and I can attain to it because that's how I make complex simple with mm -hmm. a lot of people that come and see me. And how do you measure function? Now, the easiest way to measure function is testing the amount of force that somebody can produce around the joint, and indirectly, the force they're producing creates the load that you can tolerate. So that's why I gave the example of the hand grip. Mm. You can squeeze, you know, as much as the other side and you have no pain, well, happy. If you can squeeze as much as the other side, but you have some pain, well, you can still squeeze as much of the other side. That's positive. But if you can squeeze 50% of the other side and you've got a lot of pain, that's a big difference. So this is a very nice objective way of measuring function to know what is somebody giving you straight away. It's not strength. It can be strength, though. Somebody's chronic, they've got no pain. Six months down the line, who knows? You tested it, there's no pain, and there's a 50% weakness, for example. Now we need to start thinking, is there a true weakness? So then you change the approach you're doing it. But if people can do that in all the body with the simplest tools, not complicated stuff, the simplest tools, the cheapest tools you know, that you can do, then already you have very two powerful tools. Those you don't want to miss something bad, and I can assess the simple way of function. Beyond that, I know a lot of people will say that. Just be a good communicator. <laughs> Just listen, and I'll tell you a lot of the information themselves. I mean, the last person, the last athlete that told me uh, that we found that they had a bicep stir, for example, when we were doing the testing, they felt it was hanging by a thread. Mm. That for me, straight away, boom, went in my ear and registered rather than, ah, no, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. So listen to what they're saying because they're giving you the clues. It's incredible, the clues mm. they're, they're giving them to you on a silver platter a lot of times. Yeah. What's their, what people, you've got two ears and one mouth, so you should use them <laughs> in that ratio. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I, I try and do this a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's really good I, I mean really good information Ian. Uh, really useful thanks for that um just before we wrap up just give us um where can people find a bit more about you um on the old social media website anything like that you want to promo 
Yeah, so lots of people know me as the boxing physio. I have a nice hair on the, on the <laughs> T-shirt uh, where we talk all about the upper limb. So we're all the time posting stuff uh, about the upper limb. You'll find me on the three main ones, which are Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So Twitter, you'll find me under Ian Gat Physio. Um, again, you'll find the boxing physio. Same with Instagram, but it's Ian Gat Gatman. And then on LinkedIn, it's Ian Gatt and the Boxing Physio. And uh, for me, the main things is that you find a lot of um, resources and information about courses I do, because on all the three social medias, there's a nice link, link three. I've learned how to use it. Um, So it's got everything over there. We do two days, full upper limb courses, um, hand, wrist, elbow and shoulders. People love it. Um, we've got in the UK and international, but also for those who just want to do the hand and wrist at the moment, we're still doing a nice online course, a hybrid. We have pre-recorded material and then you've got a live and online. And it's nice because you get people from all over the world and it's mainly around the hand and wrist. Um, beyond that, we do lots of webinars with various collaborators and obviously Thank you to you guys, Physio Matters and Therapy Live, obviously, for inviting us on the conference on the 24th of June, which I'm sure is going to be fantastic. Yeah, can't wait. I'm really excited. I'm already, I wrote the agenda, most of well, 98% of the agenda, and I'm clashing myself as to where I want to go on so many of the <laughs> sessions. And I've, I'm not going to lie, there has been a couple where I've moved people. I've moved a couple of sessions around so that I can avoid clashes that i want to go to because i have that kind of power but anyway that no one else has that kind of power so you're all going to get those kind of clashes (laughs) thank you very much for your time this evening Ian. i can't wait for therapy live um i've I've got to get myself on one of your courses at some point um you're definitely up up near the top of my list as well because as we mentioned i see um hands and wrists and all sorts as as well so i'm really interested in that um so definitely going to do that but thank you for for this evening hopefully everybody goes finds you on social media as well and tunes into your talk in june Thank you very much, Jack, and all the best to everybody. (laughs) Here at Physio Matters, we think physio matters. Become a member today and access hundreds of hours of videos from across the MSK world. Access at home, work or on the bus to take your knowledge into the stratosphere. Physio-matters.com more content than you can shake a patella hammer at.